Welcome back to the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast, sponsored by Carolina Waters and Carolina Powell Sport Outfitters, the podcast that covers the tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. I wasn't even sure I was going to know how to use this microphone because it's been so long since I've sat down and done a podcast, but I am back and ready to go here for and ready to get back to a semi-normal schedule here with the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast. Thank you all for being patient with me. I've been everywhere from Louisiana most recently to Wisconsin to Alabama. I've been all over the place, South Carolina, the last uh, the last couple of months and have been trying to knock out some Bassmaster stuff as well as fish a couple tournaments in between that time, but... Thank you for being patient with me once again, and I'm ready to get back on a semi-regular schedule with this podcast. There was a lot of tournament action that went on in these last couple of weeks and months, so we're going to try to go through that as quickly as possible, and the way we're going to do that is we're going to go league by league, catch up on the action, and there's been some Angler of the Year's crowned, some Rookie of the Year's crowned, and a Tournament of Champion was also crowned in North Carolina, so... We'll start with CKA here. The last time we talked was approaching the Lake Mayo, Lake James East-West Challenge on August the 21st. Ronnie Murphy ended up winning that event at Lake James with 77 and a quarter. Jeremy Olszewski finished second at Lake Mayo with 75 and a quarter. I fished that event and it, it was a pretty tough event at Lake Mayo, but I had a fish on that may have pushed me into the top five definitely into the money so um that tournament for me was quite frustrating but um lake mayo is a beautiful lake and i know from people who fish lake james that that's an awesome lake as well so hopefully that will end up back in i know uh queen city goes to lake james quite often so be interesting to see those two lakes at a different time of the year when it isn't quite as tough and not quite as hot Moving on to the September 18th Gate City Classic for CKA, Matt Hodge won that event at 88 and a half inches and had a 22-inch kicker. He was at Lake Randleman. There were several options of lakes for that event. Randleman, McIntosh, uh, Lake, Lake Brant, Lake Townsend. There's one I'm forgetting. Lake Higgins was an option, but that was taken off because there was a, a special event there at Lake Higgins, but... A multi-like event for the Gate City Classic, as usual, Matt Hodge wins. Justin Faircloth was second with 86 and three-quarter inches. He was at McIntosh. And then after the Gate City Classic wrapped up and awards were announced, Rick Rowland accomplishes his goal, wins the Angler of the Year. He started the season with a zero at that awful Sharon Harris event and then followed that up with a 52nd at the Burlington Bash. But after those two events, he had an amazing season. A fifth at Kerr Scott, a fourth at Baton Lake. He won the Falls Lake event, third at Randleman, 23rd at Lake Mayo, and 17th at the Gate City Classic to edge out Hank Vajon for that Angler of the Year title. Jared Stanley edged out Justin Faircloth for the Rookie of the Year title. And Jared didn't stop there. He went on to the Tournament of Champions and won that two-day event at Santee Cooper with 160 and a half inches for two days, Rick Morris was second in that event, and I ended up third in that event. We'll talk more about that event 
with Jared later on in the show. But I will tell you, Santee Cooper is very tough in September. And I went down and practiced for three days and got some really good bites. And on Friday, I tried to shake off several fish in an area and they wouldn't come off. And I, I probably would have had close to close to 100 inches on the Friday before the tournament, which is always... It's a good sign and a bad sign because obviously you want to leave those fish for tournament day. Just couldn't manage to shake them off, and then I, and then you know after that event, I found a way to uh, to shake those fish off, which I'll get into here in a second. But come tournament day for me on Santee Cooper, uh, got in my starting area, didn't catch a fish till like ten o'clock, and really had to grind out four bites. And then second day of the tournament, same thing, had to grind out grind out four bites and never could get that fifth fish in the boat. So congratulations to Jared and Rick Morris for taming that very tough body of water in September. And once again, we'll talk to Jared about his win on Santee Cooper, as well as his season overall here later on in the show. Queen City also wrapped up their regular season slate these past couple of weeks, starting with the September 11th Lake Murray event, Jeremy Heath wins that event with 66 and a half inches. Ronnie Murphy finished second with 66 even. There was a cheating allegation brought up and confirmed in that tournament, and it's been well documented on Facebook and through several different pages, the Kayak Bass Nation page pretty much exclusively, and Vinny talked a little bit about it when it happened on the Queen City page. So if you want to go back and look through that, go to go to those Facebook pages. I'm not going to dive into it too deep here because it's been a month and a half since it happened. But when the dust settled, Jeremy Heath wins that event, and that leads to the final regular season event, the Carolina Clash. Tang Vu, I'm, I really hope I said your name correctly. I'm sorry if I didn't. Wins that event with 70 inches, followed by Matt Hodge with 66 and three quarters. And Jeremy Heath was crowned the Queen City Angler of the Year. He unseats two-time reigning Angler of the Year, Chris Goodwin, who ran into some technical issues on the water during the Carolina Clash. But congratulations to Jeremy. He had a great season. He started the season with a second, followed by a ninth at Lake Norman, a back-to-back thirds at Santee and at the Foothills Challenge. 51st at Wiley, 63rd at Hartwell, and then he rebounded with an 8th at the Catawba Clash, a 49th at the Yadkin Yolo, and then the win at Lake Murray, and a 17th at the Carolina Clash. So, a really great season for Jeremy. The Queen City schedule, I believe, is coming out this weekend, and their Tournament of Champions is at Lake Gaston, November 6th through the 7th, so... Really intrigued to see how those Queen City guys do at Lake Gaston coming up here soon. Meanwhile, CCKF only had one tournament since the August 7th Jordan Lake event, and that was at Falls Lake, October the 2nd. Eric Nelson takes home the win with 83 and a half inches. Hank Fajon finished second with 81 and a half, and Justin Finger finished third with 73 inches even. Their regular season wraps up here in the next couple of weeks, starting with a battle at the border which is a Kerr or Carr Lake, depending on how you want to say it, Bugs Island. That is with CKA and some of the Virginia clubs, so that is always a, uh, a fun event, and registration is still open if you want to go ahead and sign up for that. 
And then the regular season wraps up November the 6th at Sheeran Harris. And hopefully the fall feed will be in full swing by then and Harris will be, uh, will be a great place to fish that day. Matt Dunn is your points leader in CCKF, followed by Joey Sullivan, and that should be a fun race. They've got a, uh, they're very close in points, and there could be a couple of a couple of wild cards jump up there as well if they have good finishes here. So keep an eye on those point standings as we approach the end. On the national tournament scale, the KBF National Championship was last weekend. And Guillermo Gonzalez wins that with 303 and three quarter inches, while Cody Milton finishes second with 300 and a half inches. Pretty amazing fisheries when you're averaging 100 inches a day, and that's what that's what Guillermo did. And pretty amazing that they were able to do that for three straight days in the in the fall, especially. That's something you're not that's not easily done in the fall. So. Congratulations to those guys. Really, there was a top tier that did super, super well. And, you know, I was not in that top tier. I ended up 160-something, I think. But it was an awesome week nonetheless. I learned a lot. Um, It was not a banner week for my equipment, to say the least, from kayak to rods and reels to... uh, Things with the the truck. I mean, uh, there was a... That's the thing about traveling is your your gear takes a beating when you're traveling. So, unfortunately, that was one of the low lights, but had an awesome time with all of the North Carolina guys down there. There was a there was a pretty big group of us North Carolina guys, and we had a great time. And you know, KBF put on a really fun event. So kudos to kudos to them for putting on a great national championship last week in Shreveport, Louisiana. The Hobie BOS schedule for next year is halfway out. We've got five tournaments that have been released. The first one is at Toledo Bend. The second one, which is March 26th and 27th, is the closest to North Carolina so far. And that is at Santee Cooper. And I have to imagine, even though that the Queen City schedule isn't out yet, that that will be the Queen City Hobie uh, double dip event. And then we've got Broken Bow, Oklahoma. We've got Eufaula, Alabama, and then Lake Chickamauga in Tennessee. So a really stellar first half of the schedule for the Hobie series. KBF put out a preliminary schedule uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if that's uh, if that'll stand, but two events are already on the schedule, which is the Kissimmee Chain, which is their staple event to begin the year, and then Lake Murray again in South Carolina. So... Stay tuned for an official KBF schedule, and then we're also waiting on the the national Bass Nation schedule. So stay tuned for that as well if you're interested in traveling around or seeing if there might be fisheries nearby that you can compete at on a national scale. Before we get to my conversation with Jared, which for transparency happened a couple of weeks ago, so there may be a couple little things in there that might be outdated, but it didn't make sense to edit them out. But before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by Carolina Waters, a fishing and lifestyle brand that calls North Carolina home. From their selection of performance shirts, soft style tees, headwear including new patch hats, Carolina Waters provides high quality apparel for serious anglers and weekend warriors. Visit carolinawatersnc.com for their full line of apparel and follow Carolina Waters NC on Facebook and Instagram for updates on new gear, 
local appearances, and more. From the mountains to the coast and all points in between, we're your pride in Carolina waters. And they also have an awesome new rod coming out, and you can find that on the website as well. They're really, they're really kicking butt here, and I'm excited to see what the, uh, what the new year will bring for Carolina waters. I'd also like to thank Carolina Palisport Outfitters for supporting the podcast. CPSO specializes in putting you in the kayak that fits your needs at the best price around. CPSO are a dealer for Feel Free, Three Waters, Johnny Boat, Sea Stream, and Cuckoo Watercraft. Visit their website at www.carolinapso.com and their main location at Ace Hardware in Arcadia, located 10 miles south of Winston-Salem. My guest this week won the CK Tournament of Champions at Santee Cooper and was also the CK Rookie of the Year, Jared Stanley. Jared, thanks for joining me, and we'll start with this. How long have you been kayak bass fishing, and how did you start fishing with CK to begin with? Um, honestly, I've been kayak bass fishing for somewhere around, uh, well, since Kurt Scott, the event on Kurt Scott, 12 days before that, I started kayak bass fishing. And uh, I'd looked into it for the last four or five years and had been looking into CKA, but I really just hadn't uh, got the funds to do so because it's actually a little more expensive than I thought it was to begin with. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So were you just, uh, so what was your, what was your, what was your fishing experience like then? Were you fishing from the bank for the most part or kind of what was your, what was your uh, history with bass fishing before you jumped into the kayak game? I mean, I, I've always fished from a boat, so I had, okay. I had a pretty good amount of experience, but I'd never tournament fished at all. So that was uh, something new to me. I, I played sports growing up, basketball and stuff. So I was, I'm fairly competitive. And so when you add fishing with competition, it just, it's the best of both worlds in my eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you jump in, I think Kerr Scott, I think was the third event of the season. Is that right? If I have, I think I have that right off the top of my head. Correct. It was the third. Gotcha. So, you know, jumping in the third event of the year, I guess, what, what were your, what were your expectations for the, for the season at the point you jumped in? And I guess, uh, I guess, how did, how did your season unfold from there? Um, well, expectations was to attempt to win Rookie of the Year. I knew I hadn't fished out of a kayak any, and I knew I wouldn't fish enough events to win Angler of the Year. But I sort of, you only get one shot to win Rookie of the Year. So I was, I was just wanting to do that really bad. So I, I put all my focus into that. Um, Kerr Scott actually went really well, ended up with a seventh place finish there. Um, just skipping a Cinco around under docks and around docks and got lucky and caught one. I think it was 20 and a half inches. And so that's when I started figuring out that, Hey, I could, I could do it. And there was a chance and I just went from there and, uh, Falls Lake had a decent event. I think I finished 10th. Um, let's see. I think Randleman was Randleman after Falls. I believe so. Randleman was awful for me. I finished 22nd, but I, I think I caught two fish that day. So so that sort of was not good. But the good thing is with Rookie of the Year, it's your best three events plus the uh, 
the last event, the uh, Gate City Classic. So I knew I could get rid of that one. So we went to uh, Lake James, and I think I finished 14th there. And then we went to uh, the Gate City Classic and finished 13th there and ended up edging out Justin Faircloth by six points. Absolutely. Were you so, when, once, the, once the final standings were announced, were you surprised a little bit that you won? Uh, honestly, you surprised I was at how, surprised at how close it was anyway. No, I, I knew it was going to be close. I, honestly, I didn't think Justin was going to catch him as good as he did on that final day in the Gate City Classic, so kudos to him for that. But when, when Justin was on top of the leaderboard all day, I started off early. I caught several, and then it really slowed down for me. When Justin was on top of the leaderboard all day and I was falling all day, I could, I could sort of see it slipping away. And then with an hour left, I, fish started schooling around. And with 45 minutes left, I lost one probably close to 18 inches. Oof. And I thought, I, I thought that was it for the season because I, I only had four fish at the time and ended up getting lucky and um, catching one about five minutes later that was 16 and a half. It moved me up six spots and I won by five points. That's awesome. So, it's funny how things work out like that. It, it's it's pretty insane. It uh, like I said, kudos to Justin for the for making it tough on me. But yeah, it was I was really comfortable going into that event, and I may even say complacent. And I think that was a big issue going into that event. I was more trying to protect the lead than to win the event, mm -hmm. and and that almost cost me because he was going out there trying to win absolutely absolutely well you ended up on top of the of the rookie of the year standings was there a you know once you once you're holding that once you're once things are complete and you know the final standings have been announced was there was there a sense of relief from you you know that you that you had sealed the deal um there was because funny thing is um I hadn't actually fished into the tournament of champions yet because um, I was trying to fish in through rookie of the year where I only fished four events prior to the gate city classic. I was like 28th in points. So I knew I wasn't going to make it in, in points. I'd missed Baden. I missed the first two events of the year. So I needed to win that event or win rookie of the year to get into the tournament of champions. And um, I took off work prior assuming that I was going to get into the tournament of champions and so it worked out for the best it was a huge relief I was it was like the weight of the world was on your shoulder mm -hmm. absolutely so what what would you say the before before the tournament of champions what would you say the the highlight of your year was from the from the couple of events that you did fish this year I mean, I loved Kerr Scott. It was fun, but the highlight of my year was probably still fishing at McIntosh at the Gate City Classic and the heartbreak of losing that 18-inch fish followed up by five minutes later catching one that pretty well sealed rookie of the year for me. That was probably the... Uh, the most relieved and the most excited I've been over a 16 inch fish in my life. Mm -hmm. No doubt. No doubt about that. 
you know, all of that sort of, sort of, you know, was the precursor for the, for the tournament of champions and you winning at Santee Cooper. So heading into that event, what was sort of your, you know, sort of your mindset going into Santee? I had said this numerous times throughout the season. I fished conservatively throughout the season so as to have a good point year to win rookie of the year. Like throwing Cinco's a ton, throwing Ned Riggs a ton, throwing finesse applications so to get so to fill out a limit, basically. So being super consistent and uh that's typically not how I fish. I'm a power fisherman. And so I said when I went to Santee, I was going to swing for the fences, and, and I did. I mean, I went upriver and, and done what I like to do, and it ended up paying off. Gotcha. Okay. So how many days did you, how many days did you end up practicing, and what did you, what did you discover in those couple days of practice that, uh, that sent you down the right path? Um, honestly, didn't, didn't discover a lot in practice. I, I practiced Thursday and Friday. The event was Saturday and Sunday. Um, I went up as far on the upper end of the lake as you could go the first day and fished cypress trees a ton. I think I caught one skipping a Cinco and one swimming a jig. So didn't really get much intel the first day. Um, I knew I wanted to go up the river, so the second day, that's what I did, and I spent all day flipping a jig and flipping a Texas rig and got several bites, shook several off, and uh, basically then I decided I was going to spend spend my whole two days in the river and whatever happened, happened. I knew, I knew that the big fish were around the cypress trees, but I also knew that there was so many cypress trees to fish that to manage time wisely I could go up in the river and I could get a lot of bites and or I thought I could get a lot of bites and end up catching enough to do decent okay okay so with with that kind of said take me through the uh take me through your day one at Santee what sort of how did it sort of unfold for you and were you surprised at um how much you actually did end up with on day one uh, day one was fairly, fairly crazy for me. I, cause like I said, I came into day one expecting to get a lot of bites cause practice was actually really good to me up in the river. Like I said, I shook several off, um, day one, there was a bass boat tournament launching out of Pax Landing. And I would say 90% of the boats went up the river. So, oh wow! Seeing seeing that it muddied up, it muddied up the river almost immediately, and so it sort of hurt my bite the first day. But I ended up, I'm trying to think. Let me look. I think on first day I caught one early on a cinco. Yeah, I was catching on. I caught two real early on a Cinco, skipping it around under cypress trees, going into the river. And uh, get up to the river, start flipping a jig. I caught my third fish, and then everything died. Um, I kept an eye on the leaderboard all day, and I could tell that um, Rick was – Rick put up some big numbers day one. He ended up with 92 inches, and at 230 – 
on day one, I still had my three fish. And uh, so I actually went back into this little creek and was taking pictures. It was 2.30, 2.35, taking some pictures, just enjoying being there because I, I wasn't catching any fish. And I come back out and kind of felt renewed to fish the last 30 minutes. And two skips under a cypress tree later, I caught a 22 and three quarter, which ended up being big fish for the day. Um, I think the timestamp on that one was actually 240. So go down the bank, get that fish, the picture of that fish, go down the bank. And like 10 minutes later, the timestamp on that one was exactly 250. I caught a 17. So oh, wow. I, went from, I went from having 49 and a half inches to having right at 90 inches in 20 minutes. And that was, honestly, that's sort of been the story of my season. All but, all but one event, I caught important fish in the last hour of every event. And so, so the persistence deal sort of paid off and just grinding all day long, it seemed, it seemed to be the story of the season and ended up paying off on day one. And as soon as I caught my limit fish on day one, I completely stopped fishing in that uh, creek that leads into the river. It's sort of the canal going into the river beside the trussel uh -huh. coming out of Pax Landing. And I just completely quit fishing because I figured I could go in there and catch another limit the next day. Gotcha. Okay. So you end up in second place. Uh, after day one not not too far behind rick morris so heading into day two um sort of how did you adjust because i'm pretty sure the bite for the bite for most everybody with the with the exception of eric nelson i think eric had a better day on day two than on day one but for the most part everybody's bite suffered on the second day so take me through a second day and sort of how you handled that handled that bite well, honestly, I didn't handle it very good because on the leaderboard, it looked like we were, we were swapping back and forth leads towards the end of the day. And uh, what was going on, I was in the back of the river or at the mouth of the river fishing that canal, and there was hardly any service. So every time I would get a little service, I would upload a fish. But I would say I caught all of my fish before nine o'clock that day. I went through that canal and uh, just skipping a Cinco, trying to get a limit and ended up catching four by like 8.30. Um, so I go out on the river and as soon as you turn out from the mouth of the river, I, I started throwing a buzz bait and I ended up catching like a 15 and three quarters on a buzz bait. And that was honestly, that was it. I, I flipped around the rest of the day. I threw a buzz bait, threw a spinner bait, tried to upgrade some. And I, I really didn't feel like a 68 inch limit would be enough on day two. But the, as the day wore on and I kept, kept checking the leaderboard, it seemed like nobody was really catching them that great and ended up pulling it out. Um, I made adjustments, I caught fish in the latter part of the day, uh, punching back around some cypress trees, but, but I just couldn't get any fish that would call out. Mm -hmm. it, it was just a long day waiting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, 
that uh probably that was probably more anxious waiting to see if you'd actually pulled out the win for toc than it was probably for or probably about the same amount of of anxiousness waiting to see if you'd won toc as it was waiting to see if you'd won rookie of the year well rookie of the year to be honest i thought i'd lost it so i'd sort of came to came to peace with the fact that justin was going to win it and i had lost it but tournament of champions i knew when rick put his final fish in uh right around four o'clock i uh i seen that he was like an inch and a half back and i was just waiting on him to upload another fish honestly Mm -hmm. um so yeah i was way more anxious for the tournament of champions than i was for rookie of the year absolutely absolutely so um so you pull out the win there so it sounded like the bait the bait that really got the job done was a Cinco. Is that, is that correct? It, it's a Cinco style bait. It was actually a um, Missile Baits 48. I, okay. I've started throwing it a little more towards the latter part of the season. It just seems to be more durable than um, like a Cinco or I throw a uh, Berkeley General a lot. I caught a lot of fish on that this year, but the, uh, the 48 seems to hold up a little better. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Had you ever had you ever been to Santee before uh, before last weekend? I had not, but I knew it set up well for me to do good. It's uh, it's sort of a junk fishing deal, and I tend to do well junk fishing. And I figured it may be a tough tournament just watching past events there, as far as like the Bassmaster Elites the year before was really tough. So I knew. I knew links would be inconsistent and I knew you would have to put together two limits to win it. I just didn't know if it would be two 90 inch limits or I think I averaged out to right at two 80 inch limits, but yeah, never had been there. Um, knew it would fish to my strengths and it just ended up working out. Absolutely. And yeah. That, that lake this time of the year is, is super tough for, whatever reason so um that that consistency part for for this tournament in particular was really really important and uh you know i i was i was consistent i just never i was consistently at that four fish mark i just never could get that fifth fifth fish in so uh hats off for you and and rick for getting those getting those five fish in the boat every day and uh and yeah congratulations on getting that win so I appreciate it. Absolutely. So when you're when you look at this year as a whole, as you've had a little bit of time to to reflect, what have you what have you learned the most from from this season? Honestly, I, I've learned to make slightly better decisions, and and I've done it at Santee again. I I could have made better decisions there as well that would have helped throughout the day. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, like Lake James, the final hour and a half, I had two fish. I'd pre-fished Thursday, and I was smashing them. And, and it seems like that's how it always goes. You you catch them good in practice, and then they move in the tournament. But uh, at 12.30 on Lake James, I had two fish, and I ended up moving, changing 
going to deeper water and I found them in 25 foot of water on brush piles and I caught my limit, which moved me up probably 25 positions in the last hour. So I think learning to make decisions and make them quicker and just trusting your gut instinct more was something that I learned that was really crucial to tournament fishing in general. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Good deal, man. Good deal. So when you, you know, this season's barely ended, but as you look ahead to, as you look ahead to next season, I guess, have you, have you set out any goals for next season yet? I guess, what are you, what are you hoping to do next season in this, in kayak fishing? If that's something you're, you're planning on continuing here. Oh, I'm definitely continuing. Um, I'm going to try to fish some of the Hobie open, some of the, um, Bass Nation series and I'm gonna I'm doing all the CKA events I'm gonna try to make it to all of them and honestly I would love to to shoot for angler of the year next year I know that's tough with the group of guys that we fish with but that's that's the aspirations and goals is to go maybe win a couple tournaments and win angler of the year next year I gotcha good deal man good deal so uh, Jared, anybody you want to say, anybody you want to say thank you to anybody you want to promote here before I, before I let you go? Uh, honestly, just my family for putting up with this addiction. Um, I mean, I don't have sponsors or nothing, but they, they've been supportive through it all. I mean, I'm not home a whole lot now cause I pre-fish all the time. I'm, I'm on the road a lot, but, um, they always seem to find a way to send me encouragement when needed and and they just help out with keeping things in order at home awesome man good deal so jared i appreciate you joining me on the show this week and uh i'm looking forward to uh competing with you again next year santi was a uh, santi was a whole lot of fun and it was uh it was awesome seeing you be able to put together a pattern and stay consistent and pull that thing out. So congratulations again on that win and your rookie of the year title and uh, look forward to next year and fishing with you again. I appreciate it, man. If you're going to be at battle of the borders, I'll see you there. I'll have to, I'll have to see how KBF goes before I, before I make a decision on that, but I'd really like to, I'd really like to fish battle of the border. It was, it was a whole lot of fun last year. So We'll see how KBF goes, and I'll make a – hopefully I'll see you there. Before I go, have you seen the, the deal with Queen City and the uh, Bass Nation event? I've, or, I've, or have, I've seen it in passing. I haven't gotten a chance to really get into it yet. There, there's a qualifier for the Bass Nation on Lake Norman the day after Battle of the Borders. So, so that's open, too. Um, that's going to make things interesting for a lot of people because a lot of people is going to try to fish the two tournaments and uh i don't know it may make it tough for people to pre-fish right yeah that'll be interesting it'll be it'll be a full weekend that's for sure but uh but yeah another that'll be that'll be awesome for people who want to who want to fish two tournaments in a weekend so um yeah man that sounds like it'll be a good time yes sir so all right, Jared. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, appreciate it, man. Yep, thank you. Uh huh. Bye. Now it's 
time for My Best Catch, a segment where I ask my wife Allie a simple fishing question that she will likely get incorrect. Allie, it's been a long time since we've done this, so we're going to give the people what they want and just jump right into it. How's that sound? Sounds good. It feels good to be back. Yeah, what have you been doing? Have you been uh, doing a lot of research? Oh, um, not as much as I would have liked. I've been a little busy lately, um, so I have a feeling I might be a little rusty. Well, I mean, you shouldn't have to do any research. You already know what all of these are, am I right? That is correct. All right, so here we go. What is a speed worm? Um, a speed worm is um, a worm that is very fast. Speed worm. Um, yeah, it moves moves fast it's quick uh it's really a, a top prize for the fish to catch if it's if it can catch the speed worm it's like wow i've really made it and so um it's only the most ambitious fish that are attracted to the speed worm and that's the one you want anyway so use a speed worm is catching a speed worm like the olympic games of bass fishing. That is factual. That's all for my best catch. Tune in next week for another question. Allie, thank you as always. You're welcome. Thanks again to Jared for joining me on the show this week. As he mentioned, we have a full weekend coming up with the battle at the border at Bugs Island, Kerr Lake, Carr Lake, whichever one you want to call it. And then on Lake Norman is the 2021 Bass Nation qualifier. They have 30 people signed up as of Thursday morning, which means three people will earn a spot in the 2022 National Championship that will be held somewhere around Lake Hartwell in conjunction with the Bassmaster Classic. So, got a lot of options this weekend. And then the CCKF event at Sharon Harris will be November the 6th. So, your last couple chances to fish for 2021 are coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And we are getting set for 2022 as well with schedules coming out here and there. So, Exciting times and you know, even as the season's winding up, I'm already gearing up for next year and I'm excited to see what the schedules will all look like together. Thanks again to Carolina Waters and Carolina Palsport Outfitters for their support of this podcast and thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, share, review. It really helps me out a lot and helps me see Uh, who's listening and who's not listening and and maybe give me suggestions on how I can improve the show moving forward. So thank you all for listening. And until next time, this has been a Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast.